Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Louis Efron. He is a globally recognized thought leader, writer, speaker, and award-winning Fortune 500 people executive. He is a senior management consultant at Gallup and the founder of The Voice of Purpose, a brand focused on individual and organizational purpose, fulfillment, and success. Louis, welcome to the podcast. Amy, thanks for having me. Honored to be here. Yeah. Can you share your journey with us? What was your journey in starting The Voice of Purpose and ultimately your work with Gallup? Sure. I had came from a very purpose-driven family with my father, my grandfather, my grandparents, and I just grew up in that mindset that we're here to do something bigger than just ourselves. And so that was always drilled into me. And then I was very blessed to work for a purpose-driven organization throughout my career. So in line with that, I really wanted to do something to give back and help other people that were struggling to find why they exist on this planet and how they can do greater things and feel more fulfilled. And so the Voice of Purpose grew out of that. And that basically helps both individuals and organizations ultimately fulfill their purpose to achieve success. So I've written a lot of books about this and articles and spoke on it. So the goal is ultimately to change these numbers where, you know, 85% of the global workforce, quite frankly, is unhappy with what they do. And this is full-time employees, about a billion people. And what a shame because we spent most of our days working. And so my goal around the voice of purpose was to basically get people to start thinking differently about what they do for their careers and their lives and help organizations run better organizations so there's more opportunities better places for these people who are purpose-minded to get into these organizations and really thrive. And it makes everybody win when you're in this situation. And my ultimate goal, my journey that took me to Gallup was this 22-year relationship. I started early in my career. I was in the arts for many years, and then I ended up working for a company called Stryker. And Stryker was a client of Gallup. And most people know Gallup for a lot of political polls and all the research, but Gallup is a heavy, have a heavy, heavy presence in the workforce and helping organizations run better organizations, further engage their employees and deliver better results. And I was doing the exact same, same thing in my business, in the voice of purpose throughout my career. And I had, like I said, 11 years of exposure to them at Gallup all around the world. And then as I moved across my career, I interacted with them on numerous occasions. So I feel like this is coming home, bringing my business under the Gallup organization. It's just such amazing alignment with the purpose and what we're both trying to do for humanity. And I could talk a little bit more about Gallup as we go through the interview, but it's just, it's all been a sort of a purpose journey for me from day one. And it just feels like I've ended up where I needed to be. I always say that when you find your purpose in life, you go where you need to go and it happens. And that's what was so exciting for me so far. What is personal and organizational purpose and why is it important? Yeah, the one definition I really like for personal purpose is Aristotle's definition. It's where your talents and the needs of the world meet. So why you exist on this planet and what your legacy, what you're going to leave behind. And that's a really awesome definition for that. And then for organizations, it's why you exist above and beyond making money. Now, we know organizations, if you're commercial or you're not-for-profit, whatever it is, money's involved, right? If you're commercial, you have your top and bottom line. If you're not-for-profit, you need cash flow in. So you have to deliver all that. But the way to deliver strong business results, strong top and bottom line, 
is through understanding what your purpose is and fulfilling that purpose. And I usually give the example when we both run businesses, right? And if you wake up in the morning one day and you don't say, I'm going to start a business to make money. And because we all know it's a lot easier to take a job and run a business to make money, you get the highs and lows, but it's difficult to make money as a business. That's why a lot of businesses fail. But you start a business because you have something you want to do for your customers, your community, and the world. That's why you start. And then what happens is you get bigger and you grow and you become maybe a Fortune 500 company and you forget why you started in the first place. And then you have employees coming to work and you're saying we need to grow our top and bottom line and talking about your PL. And employees don't come to work to grow a top and bottom line. Most don't, maybe some in certain areas of a business, but they come to work for a bigger purpose. For example, if you're in healthcare, you come to work because maybe you want to save and improve lives. If you're working in some area where there's animals, you want to take care of animals and improve the lives and the existence of animals, whatever it is, there's something you come to work that's greater. And if you come to work for something above and beyond a paycheck, then you have a higher level of engagement. You deliver better work, better quality work. You work harder. You take care of customers better. It all matters. It comes together in a really important way. And when you consider that 85% of the global population is a Gallup research, 85% of the global population, which is about 1 billion people, is unhappy in what they do. And what a shame that exists, right? That you have, you spend most of your time working and you're not happy doing it. And so that's why this is so important for me is this whole movement of helping people understand who they are, why they exist, helping organizations do the same, and then aligning those people. Because if we can even shift those numbers, we know there's a 40 years of research that correlates high employee engagement with strong business outcomes. So if we can shift that 85%, even by 10%, imagine how much we can unleash the economic potential in the world and how much happier people can be. But this concept for me is incredibly important for both humanity, for business across the board. Long-winded response, but... <laughs> no, that's great. And so what ways can businesses engage people through purpose? First of all, they have to understand why they exist again, why what their purpose is in the organization. And once they know that, they can align the rest of their business with that model. So I wrote a book called Purpose Meets Execution, which basically brings the model of strong purpose, understanding why you exist with a strong business model. And I mentioned before, as a business, you have to make money, right? So once you understand that and how you fulfill that purpose, then you end up attracting the right people to your organization, people that really are inspired and motivated by your purpose. And that's how you get the right people in your organization. And once they're in your organization, and even during the recruiting process, it's the goal is to understand what their personal purpose is and make sure there's alignment. But if they really like caring for people, maybe the medical industry is a great place. If they're all about transportation or cars, that's who they want to be. Or if they're connected to animals, maybe they want to work for some kind of animal sanctuary, whatever it is, the closer you can align your people's purpose with your organizational purpose, the better business results you're going to get across the board in everything that you do. And then you need to reinforce that purpose, right? You get, you understand what you exist, why you exist, you get the right people on board, and then people need to see it every day. 
And the best way to do that is to make sure it's on the walls of your organization. You're telling stories about what you do to help your community or customers the world. You reinforce it in written material, all your marketing, so that it's always in front of you. And I don't know if you ever, if you know the concept of a vision board. Are you familiar with a vision board? Oh, yeah. I've been using yeah. it since I was 18. <laughs> yeah. So I have one right in front of me here in my office. And it's the same concept. Right? If you can see it, you can believe it. You can follow it. It's like your guiding light. But organizations that are void of these type of reinforcements, you sometimes forget about it. Like when you have a really bad day and you're very busy, you sometimes forget why you're there. So the more you can remind your employees as to why they're there, and if there's alignment, then things work really well. And then I would also say that storytelling, I mentioned that a little bit, storytelling is really critical because we talk a lot about, you can say all the right things, but if you can't support that by evidence, for example, if you have these great values in the wall, and you talk about them every day, and then someone asks you to share an example of living those values or your purpose, and you can't think of an example, you have a problem, right? So the great organizations are the ones that are able to collect these stories and reshare them. When I've worked in the medical industry on almost 15 years, there was always patient stories, right? We were sharing patient stories. We bring patients in to our facilities from manufacturing. And there was never a dry eye in the house because someone doing a mundane job, putting less beads on a hip, hip stem, for example, in, in, orthopedic, in the orthopedic industry, they sometimes forget why they're doing it. And then when they see a patient come in that can pick up their grandkids for the first time, or they can play a sport they weren't able to play, or we even, we've saved their lives or improved their lives. And they can see the connection behind their work and the larger organizational purpose. That's where the true magic happens. That's where people get really inspired. So the more you can do that and you have authentic leadership around that, people that really care in their heart and mind about what you're doing in the organization and they walk the talk and you reinforce the stories, that's how you engage people through purpose and get magical results around it. I absolutely love that. So how are you helping businesses make remote teams work? There's lots of ways we're doing it, certainly at Gallup, around leadership is obviously very key, creating a sense of belonging. When you have people that are working remote and they're not connected to an office, you need to make sure they feel belong, feel like they belong. And really communication strategies, when people are out there in the universe, you have to make sure you're over-communicate. So those are some of the things, and there's many facets to making sure remote work works well. But I still think that concept of organizational purpose still sits at the root of making sure remote and hybrid work works. And the reason being is if you're not in the office and let's say you're not having those reinforced messages that you would in an office building when I spoke about things on the wall, when you're in a home office, you won't have that. You won't have those touch points. So you have to make sure there's a, there's a stronger alignment for your people. And in, I'm finding in this remote workspace that people are, the, the poaching and people are leaving, where we talk, whether you call it the great resignation or the great reshuffling, people are leaving organizations that are at a record rate these days. And I think one of the reasons is because if you're working remote, it's much easier to get distracted by family, by other things, kids, but also by recruiters that are poaching in your organization. And it's easier to interview, right? Sitting remote in your office. So if you don't have people that are connected to a stronger purpose, then a paycheck is never a strong engagement attachment, right? They say there's lots of research that shows as long as you're paying people fairly, everything else matters more. Someone could always pay someone more 
to leave. So that purpose foundation, I think, is absolutely critical to making remote and hybrid work. And in within, within Gallup, we have a tool I've used for the last 22 years called Q12, which is an engagement survey. And there's core Q12, core 12 questions, but there's hundreds more that we have vetted through our research that we could populate in that survey. But this core 12 are built on the Maslow hierarchy of needs. And at the bottom of that, I think the core questions, well, the top one is number one, at the very bottom of that base, is I know what's expected of me at work. And the second one is I have the equipment and materials to do my job. And then it goes into opportunity to do what I do best every day. But I think those bottom two, number one and two, are really important to making remote work efficient and make sure that it actually happens the way it needs to be. Because if you're sitting at home and you don't know what's expected of you at work, what you're expected to deliver, you can't deliver the goods, right? You just can't do it. And if you don't have the materials and equipment to do your job, whether it be a computer or anything else, but that also includes training and guidance and things like that, making sure you have what you need to deliver that, and then being able to do what you do best every day. I think if you get those core foundational questions, you're going to be able to deliver great things. And Gallup also does a lot of work around strengths, right? We talk about strengths, bigs organization and placing people in roles where they can play to their strengths and manage around their weaknesses. We have a lot of tools around this. So if you run a strength-based organization, you have someone that's in the right role connected to their large, their personal purpose, connected to the larger organizational purpose. They know what's expected of them. They have everything they need to do the job and doing what they do best because they're in a position of strength, right? Mm-hmm. All those things make remote work work even better than they they would if you didn't have those in place. And things get very broken when people are confused as the priorities and what they're trying to do, things like that. But the, mat- the, back- the matter of fact is research has shown and we've done it at Gallup that about 50% of the U.S. jobs can be done in a remote sense right now. And that the majority of people want, if not remote, they want at least hybrid work. That's really important to people. And research is also showing that people will leave organizations if they don't have the ability to do remote work or hybrid work at great levels. As a matter of fact, there's a research actually I saw recently, 54% of employees that are doing remote work will leave if they can't continue doing remote work for other other roles where they can do remote work. And it's 38% for hybrid workers that are doing hybrid work. And if they can't do that, they would go somewhere else. Employees want this, they want that flexibility. And I think what COVID has done is it's accelerated an evolution that would have happened for sure in 10, 15 years. We would be where we are today in 10, 15 years naturally if COVID didn't hit. It just got basically condensed into a couple month period where we all went remote, but now we know it works, right? So as long as you have the right technology and you have the right leadership behind it, you could make this work. And some of the things that we're doing again is helping people understand the dynamics of remote work, of hybrid work, how you make, how you build an employee value proposition that's consistent across people that are in the office, people that are working 100% remote and people that are working on a hybrid model. And the one thing I would tell leaders and organizations that people are forgetting in some cases, they're thinking because people are out remote and working hybrid and people in the office, that they should have a different experience in the organization. And my thought is the goal should be to have a consistent experience with an organization, whether you're working remote, hybrid, or in the office. 
And that's a large task to accomplish, there's no doubt about it, but it can be done with effective leadership, again, good communication and all the things we spoke about. So these are some of the things we're doing to help make this work. Research is showing that most people want between one and three days in the office. I would say one and two days is probably ideal depending on the position that you're doing and full remote work can work as well. But the goal is making sure that you're in person when you need to be in, in person and there's opportunities like or times when you have brainstorming sessions or you have design thinking sessions where being in the same room certainly matters having that energy and there's nothing as great as screens are and zoom is there's nothing that replaces being in person at the end of the day it just humans need that connection so i think it's about finding the right balance and that's another thing we're helping organizations do through our research and analytics is finding out what is the right balance what roles need, maybe need to be in the office, what roles don't, and how you can give that life flexibility that feeds into the well-being of your people. So what are some important areas leadership need to focus to create a great culture? For me, the top thing is authentic leadership. And we spoke about that a little bit before. People need to walk the talk. You can't have things on the walls that don't mean anything to the people. So great cultures. I talk about this chocolate cake analogy. If you have a chocolate cake, it's chocolate cake outside. And if you cut it, it's chocolate cake inside, right? It's consistent. So I think I love the movement. There's been a lot of talk over this over the years of sort of HR and marketing coming together because a lot of times organizations will market this facade of who they are. And the employees may also put the facade of who they are because they think they want to, they want the job. So they maybe tailor their resume to fit it. And then they get in there and it's a bad marriage, right? Because no one was authentic and genuine. So great cultures are genuine both inside and outside. So what people are marketing outside an organization should be exactly what you're marketing inside. So that's one of the key things to a great culture. Also, we talk about at Gallup, this boss to coach model. And this is, again, about great leadership, moving from just managing work and performance to managing and coaching your people through development and care and growth. And if you think about a sports team, like it's crazy when you think about you would never wait as a coach to give feedback to someone on a sports team every quarter or every year, right? You give it on the spot in the moment, in time, and you to develop and improve performance. And that's what a great leader does and the great cultures do is they give feedback in real time. They address both the good and the bad. They reward and recognize people. They care about people. They see people as 360 degrees, right? But not only people at work. And now we're in a time where you can't divide work and your home life anymore. With technology and the global community we live in the economy, it's all integrated. So it's work-life integration. So leaders and organizations that run great cultures and great organizations understand this dynamic that people are, their lives and their work are integrated and they look after the well-being of the people to make sure that they not only have, we talked about Gallup, not, a, not only a good job, but a quality job, right? A good job is something that can take care of you financially and give you a little stability, but a quality job is something that you're psychologically connected to. There's a larger well-being. You feel like you belong to the organization. And that's really strong because people don't leave organizations that they feel they belong in. And Gallup is a great example. Gallup is, we call it the tribe. It was a joke when I joined on Gallup, I joined the tribe and I was the person who brought me in 
was talking about how I was wandering outside the tribe my whole career and I finally came home. And I feel so connected to the quote unquote tribe that I can't see myself going anywhere else. It really feels like this is where I need to be. And that's a strong sense of belonging. So great cultures create that. And they, again, they walk the talk. Everything that Gallup spoke about when I was a client is I'm experiencing in spades inside. It's even stronger. So that's what great cultures are. They're authentic. They have great leaders that recognize and care for their people and develop their people. They're strength-based organizations, which put people in the right roles to do great work and they help people succeed and win. And the final thing I would say that I am a big fan of and I've always believed in throughout my life is this concept of servant leadership, right? The more you give to others, the more abundance flows back in your life. And I think great cultures are cultures of sort of servant leaders that look after their people above and beyond themselves, but take care of themselves as well in line with being able to better care for their people. So it's all about giving and ultimately that flowing back into your life through that, that servant model. I mentioned obviously to you offline about the BP10 that Gallup does. I know they have a million of their surveys and things out there, but BP10, a lot of people don't know about it. It's the business profile 10. It tells you as an entrepreneur or business owner, what your strengths are in that way. And like mine, for example, one of mine is risk. I love risk. Somewhere like really high in it. And it tells you who you need to partner with to succeed in your business. Yeah. Strengths are, I live my life by strength. I took my first strengths finder. I'm a strengths finder coach. And I took my first strengths finder 22 years ago. And I took it again when I joined Gallup and it's changed a little bit. And I know why it's changed because of lots have happened in my life. But when you know what you do best, you can help align your your actions and how you interact and who you partner with. And I couldn't agree more. For example, I have... My activator, my top five, my activator was number five when I first took it 22 years ago and went up to number four. It's the only one that actually went up and stayed in my top five, which is interesting. But it just means I like to get things done very quickly. But I learned over my life at first when I started interacting with people that I high deliberative, which is something where they have to think a lot about what they want to do. They don't make quick decisions, right? They don't make snap decisions. They want to think about the whole thing. And at first, those people really frustrated me, right? I'm like, I just wanted to move. And then I realized in my career that I need to partner with people like that because I help make better decisions because my activators go and they're like, let's pull back. And if I meet them in the middle, I make better decisions. So understanding what you do best, your strength are great ways of running a better business, being more successful in your roles and running better organizations. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of that. You're the author of four books. Can you share a little bit about those books? And especially because a lot of them touch on some of the things that we were talking about today and where listeners can get a copy if they're interested. Yeah, absolutely. So I've written, as you mentioned, four of them. That first one was how to find a job, career, and life you love, which is to help people put strategy around finding their purpose in life and what they need to be doing to be hopefully fulfilled and happy. I wrote Purpose Meets Execution, which is the business side of that, bringing, again, organizational purpose with your strong business model to achieve great results, great organizations. I wrote a book called Beyond the Ink, which is actually about the tattoo industry, ironically, uh, about a tattoo artist that followed his purpose and ended up producing a lot of the ink for the tattoo industry, became very successful following his purpose and transforming that entire industry. So that's around that sort of like a case study around organizational purpose. I wrote a book called What Kind of Bee Can I Be, which is a children's book because my 13-year-old, my nine-year-old would not read my business book. So I wrote one for them. I love that. 
I love it. And I come from my early days was all creative writing and in the theater and stuff. So it was a real passion project of mine. So it's around helping kids understand the concept. So those are my four, four books and uh, yeah, that I've written. Can you also share some of your client success stories with us? Yeah, I'll share with you a top one, which comes back to my core of why I'm at Gallup today and why this whole concept of purpose and everything I've written about grew out of. It was my days at Stryker. So Stryker is a Fortune 200 medical device company, global, about 24,000 employees. And I started with them back in 2000 and spent, and like I said, went around the world with them. And that organization grew 20% year on year for 30 years as a result of the partnership and the concepts that we talk about in Gallup and everything that we're speaking about today. But when we were in meetings, business meetings, for example, talking about how do we grow the business. It was always from my perspective in the meetings I was in, at least the senior meetings, was about how do we help improve and save more lives? That's what it was about. And that's the example I gave earlier about bringing customers into or patients into our business. That's why I learned that concept. So I learned the concept of reinforcing stories on the walls, but we we're always sharing those stories around our purpose and why we were there. And they were so powerful to me and it really drove me. Originally, I had left the arts. I left the arts to join Stryker and I thought I was going to learn how to run a big business and go back to the arts and, uh, and apply that. And I got so connected to the organization, like I said, it's an amazing career there, but it was due to this purpose driver. And while we had a very aggressive, certainly numbers that we were trying to achieve and things like that, people were there because they wanted to do good things. They wanted to deliver improvements to people's lives. They wanted to do things for humanity. And that translates translated into great top and bottom line results. So it was for me, the top case study of when you care for your people and you focus on your people and you focus on great leadership and great engagement and organizational purpose, the results you can deliver are remarkable. And there's tons of other case studies and there's organizations out there like IDEO, IKEA, Whole Foods, Commerce Bank, and things like that that have delivered. We have a, another great client called Hologic, which is a purpose-driven organization helping advancing women's health. Some medical technology companies doing amazing things around organizational purpose. So there's more and more fantastic stories. But for me, Stryker was where sort of my love affair with corporate organizational purpose began and ultimately brought me back to where I am today. Awesome. So if you were able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out in your journey, what would it be? It would be yourself. I, as I, when I got into the corporate world, I, like I said, I was coming from the arts initially and I was, I thought I needed to be someone else. And I, I would even mimic other people when they present and because I thought that was the way you need to do it. And at one time, I remember I had this epiphany in the middle of a presentation. I just became myself. I was who I am. And it's funny because you think, being who you are is such a simple thing, but it's also the most difficult thing as well because there's so many social pressures and people want you to be a different way with your family, your spouse, your partner. But I was in the middle of this presentation and I just, something clicked in me and I just really became very authentic and genuine. And I connected with the audience like I'd never connected before and things started to really click. So I discovered early in my life that the more I could be myself, the more success I could have and the more unique I am and the more you know, colors I bring to the world. And, I, and at first I didn't, I didn't think that was the way it was. So I, the biggest advice I'd give to anybody is be genuine, be yourself, present yourself the way you are. So you end up in the right places in life. And, and that's where true fulfillment and happiness and success ultimately happens. It's so true. I love that because when I was working for a big four, I used to, 
I used to look at other women that were in, in that environment, how they dressed and all of that kind of stuff. And I always looked young. I've always looked young and I would try to dress like them. And I would look like a little girl playing dress up. I would look ridiculous in the pearls and the, all the stuff. And I think, and it takes so much energy to try and be something that you're try to model something that you're not, that doesn't fit who you are. Yeah, it's exhausting. You're absolutely right. You're spending all that energy. And imagine if you channel that energy toward good work, you could make such a big difference. But you're right. It's it doesn't work. Yeah, you start to focus on the wrong things. And yeah, it's a lot of energy. Lucy, if there are people that are listening and they would love to work with you, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Gallup, obviously, gallup.com. Our website is our main company website. You can get me my website, which has all my personal information at lewisefron.com. I'm on Twitter at Lewis Efron and on LinkedIn. I love to connect. So if you just go under Lewis Efron, I'm there and feel free to connect with me. It would be amazing. Perfect. I'll put all those links down below. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise. Thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me again. It was awesome to, to speak to you and I appreciate you inviting me on the show. Yeah, definitely. And if you're listening, you want more information about this podcast and upcoming shows, you can visit a call to thrive.com.